0: I am so glad to be here. I was getting all emotional during worship, which doesn't take much for me, because what I am, look, at it, look, it's coming. You can hear it when my voice starts to quiver, but um, I am so passionate about what I will be talking about tonight because of the impact that it has had on my life in the last 20 something years that I've been serving the Lord. And so because of that, I'm like super excited, but also it's, it's a little emotional because I'm really, really thankful of what God has done, which is what I will share with y'all. I want to welcome everyone here. I know that there's some first time visitors with us, some guests, and we welcome you. Our church welcomes you. We're glad you're here. We're glad you decided to hang around and join us tonight. Um, I, my name is Cassie Miller. My husband was Brandon, is Brandon Miller. That was just up there. Was, he <laughs> was he still is. Um and that's my husband and um we I've been over I've been in, at Family Life for over 20 years and I just I love my church. It's my home and I'm very very thankful to be with y'all. This is a special night like Brandon said and so we're just thankful that y'all decided to join us. But like he said, lately we have been talking about life groups. What is a life group for some of you? That may not know, a life group is a small group of people doing life together. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. This is, I'm just going to take a few minutes to encourage you and encourage myself on, on why we do life groups, on why it's important. Uh, two week, two weeks ago, uh, in October, Brandon did a two week series called You Belong. And the first week, he talked about why we should face life together. And then the second week, he ended it with addressing reasons why we end up walking life, walking through life alone. And they're both very good uh, sermons. So if you get the opportunity, go check it out if you weren't here to to hear it. Tonight, I want to share with you a beautiful example of how Being in a community, being in a small little life group can really, really bless your life and benefit you in ways that you maybe never thought possible. Or maybe ways that you've already experienced, but this is an encouragement and a refresher for you. And I want to start with the scripture, um, Hebrews 10, and it's going to be up there, uh, verses 23 through 25. And it says, What I want to highlight, and well, there's a few things I want to highlight in this passage, but three times it says, let us. It doesn't say, let me, or hey, you should. It says, let us. That speaks of more than one person. That speaks of a group of people. And if you read Hebrews and study Hebrews, the author of Hebrews is encouraging the church in their christian lifestyle he's telling them how to live a christian lifestyle from turning from the way that they were living into this new lifestyle they needed to know what to do and so that's what he's encouraging them in their christian lifestyle and the cool thing is is that still applies to us today each one of us in here we need to know how to live the christian lifestyle but not only how to live as a christian But what is the best way to live? What is a way that is going to charge us? What is a way that we can say we are thriving in life and not just barely surviving? And I know we all go go through the seasons where we are totally just surviving it, barely dunking in and out of water. But God wants us to thrive. And this, what I want to talk to you about and what the author of Hebrews was talking about was to give us a way to live to where we could we could thrive. And we do it together. The first thing he says in that scripture is hold tightly to the hope. He also says, think of ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. The third thing he says in there is not neglect meeting together. And the fourth thing he talks about is encourage one another. And I'm going to break those down in a little bit. But first I want to say, you know, I've noticed as I was preparing for this, I've noticed that over the years since I've been in church, in this church particular that people come together in turmoil people come together in joy people come together in sorrow and in times of celebration and we need that we need to come together i've also seen people who were in life group which back then was called cell group who remembers the cell group days i'm just curious yeah all right so back in the day they were called cell groups and i i remember people that were together way back then When someone has a baby or when a child gets married 15, 20 years later, you know who's at that wedding? The people that were in their cell group that watched their little kids run around and play. They're still connected because when you are with a group of people and you're doing what the word talks about doing, there's bonds that are made and that stick with you for a long time. I've also seen how pain has caused people to isolate themselves from such groups and i've also seen how that pain and that isolation have caused people to be depressed and live a life of despair i've seen isolation ruin people thank god there's his resurrecting power but i've seen it i've seen it all i've i've seen all of that happen and you know besides my own experience in the church and the last, you know, 20 something years since I've been saved and even in my own family, because we're a tight knit family. Um, I recently caught how this principle works, works, um, firsthand. And, um, I want to share it with you. It's a, it's a sweet story. Um, as some of you know, my, my mother-in-law passed away, uh, almost a year ago now. And <laughs> of course, every time I talk about her, it's here. But, um, you know, she, for those of you who don't know who she is, she has been in this church. She has been loving Jesus for a very, very long time. And she was just one of those that you would like say, oh, she's a saint. Like, she's pretty awesome. She's pretty amazing. And I can remember when she lived in our backyard and in her last months and days, there were literally women that I hadn't seen and that she hadn't seen in years. But because she made an impact on their life and they were in groups together, even men, even men, they, I would see them coming up to her house and serving her, getting her groceries. You know, some ladies that she was close with massaging her, you, you know, just all these beautiful things in her last days and months, they came to her, her aid. And the reason why was because of the, the, the bond that over the last 20 years, some of them were from 10 and 15 years ago. One lady I hadn't seen in forever they were there to help her in her time of need you know back in august pastor rob uh shared his testimony of what he was walking through at the time and he preached on a sunday and one of the things the last point he made was the the point about community how he needed people around him when he was going through a tough time to help him and to do exactly what this scripture says and he shared the, the story that I'm about to share with you, um, found in Mark two verses one through five. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to this paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Then he went on to heal this man. He told him, pick up your mat and walk. And he picked up his mat and he walked. He had been paralyzed. And everyone rejoiced. That's what the Bible says. And this is a beautiful story of what happens in life groups. This is a beautiful story of what should be happening in our community as believers. And so tonight, I want to take Hebrews 10 and the story from Mark 2 and apply it to us and 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 how we can get the most out of our life group, how we can get the most out of our community. You know, I, I realize not everybody here tonight. Comes to this church. Sometimes we uh, get visitors that come from other churches on Wednesday nights because maybe uh, your church doesn't have a Wednesday night service and we are so happy to have you. So if you are plugged in to another church, all good. You apply this to your church because I'm not trying to steal anybody. I'm just saying the importance of this is, it's, it's so important. Okay. So the first point that I want to make is from um, verse 23. It says, let uh, of Hebrews 10, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. So point one, the first thing that we need to do taken from this text is we need to hold tight, hold tight to the hope of Jesus. Now, look, these friends, I, I think about this, these friends of this guy, of this paralyzed man, they had to hold tight believing that something was going to happen. Because if you're going to take your buddies or your sisters and you're going to go find the paralyzed man and you're going to pick up the mat and carry him only God knows how long they had to carry him, then believe me, they had to have some hope. I really think they didn't know what to expect that night or day. I honestly think that they just knew Jesus is there something's going to happen. So let's get our friend and let's take him there. And you know what? We need that too. We need a group of friends that's going to hold us, hold our hands and hold tight to the hope. Hey, you know what, sister? I don't know what exactly God's going to do for you, but I know he's going to do something. God will do something. Do we have these friends in our lives? We hope that in, that we could provide that for you in these life groups, because we need that. We need someone to come alongside of us. Maybe someone that has never gone through what you have gone through, but they see God move. All you need is faith because you've seen, you know that God will do something. And so sometimes that's all, that's all it is. We don't have answers. We just have hope. So that's the first thing we want to we want to hold tight to that hope. The second thing is also found in that scripture. And um, it says here on verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So we number, number two, we need to motivate each other. And guess what? You can't motivate each other if you're by yourself. You could try to motivate yourself. But look at what happens in numbers. In numbers, motivation increases. So think about it. What motivates you personally to love? I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know, when I see people loving others and when I feel and receive the love from others, that motivates me to love. And also good works. It's the same with good works. When I'm around people that are doing good things, it it motivates me to do good things, and obviously when I receive the blessings of someone doing good works, that also motivates me, and I would, I would bet that that would motivate each one of y'all to be around people who do those kinds of things, and it again makes me think, there's four guys involved. Well, five, but four guys who were motivating each other. So it had to be, I'm thinking one of the guy's ideas, right? Like he's like, okay, Jesus is here. And I've heard about things Jesus has been doing, but we got this guy over here that's paralyzed. So I'm thinking one guy has the idea and then he brings it to his buddy and he's like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Hey, let's go get so and so Cause you know what? One of us carrying the 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 paralyzed guy is going to be hard. Two of us will be a little better, but maybe we could get another. And then they end up getting four guys, four guys coming together, motivated by each other. That thing is just building, building so much that when they get to the door and they see it's packed and they see they can't go in, they're like, we are too far. We are motivated. There is, we're not stopping. What can we do? And I'm thinking one guy's probably like, hey, maybe we can go on the roof. And then the other guy's like, we could just bust a hole in it. You know how men are, right? Like, we just bust a hole in the roof. We got that. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I got some rope in my sack from what I was doing earlier. So we could just tie a rope. Like, I'm imagining how, I'm just picturing guys, and I'm imagining how this thing went down. But what it is is they motivated each other to, to do it, to be creative, you know? The devil will put a roadblock in front of you. And when you're by yourself, sometimes you do not know how to get past that roadblock, or at least I don't. I need others to motivate me to help me be creative so I can think of how to come out of that. Am I the only one? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So just think of what we could get done when we're not alone. What could you get done? With someone on the side of you, with someone who motivates you. You know, I was thinking, thinking about this very thing and I don't know how many mothers I have in here. Um, but I'm a mom. I got four kids and sometimes I need some motivation to mother in a loving and kind, to do good works and to be loving, right? Um, and I have a good friend of mine that we started this thing where, and it just happened one day where we pray with each other. One night after church, we were talking about kids and she came to my house and we prayed for over a half hour. I, I prayed for each one of her kids and each one of my kids. She prayed for each one of her kids and each one of my kids. And now whenever we're like, I need prayer, we call each other and we are praying for each other. And guess what? That motivates me. When I'm in by myself, sometimes I can have a bad attitude and I just need somebody to help me, help motivate me. Um, I don't know about you, but that's, you know, that's how I work. And so we get the most out of our community. We get the most out of our life group. Whenever we can motivate each other, it's like the energizing cycle. I don't know if any of you have heard about the crazy cycle, but in marriage they talk about the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle is when wife pushes the husband's button, he reacts, he pushes the wife's button. She reacts and then it's just this crazy cycle. And so we're always encouraged as couples to get on the energy, energizing cycle. You do that by doing a loving act (laughs) and then you keep on, keep it going. Well, same thing when you're around people who are motivating you to, to pursue what God's telling you to do or pursue obedience to God. It is energizing and it's wonderful. And this leads me to number three. Okay. Number three. It says in verse. 25 and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do so the third point is meet up do it if you sign up for a life group go make it happen you're gonna you're not gonna regret making it happen I guarantee you and I was talking to a sister earlier and she's like I need child care yeah that a lot of us women in here, we do need child care, and they have life groups available that provide child care for you, so woohoo on that. But you know, I was thinking about this, and obviously you know I'm just just praying about it, and I think that there are there's there's two things I want to kind of hit with this point as me about meeting up. you know for years, I've heard people say that they stop going to life group or to church. Because they're just not getting anything out of it. They're not feeling it. It's just there's nothing in it for me anymore. And you know, I thought about a, a principle, a principle that the the Lord talks about and um that's talked about through the Bible. And um one of one of the times it's talked about is in Second Corinthians nine, six, and it says, Remember this a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get only a small crop, but the one who plants Generously, we'll get a generous crop. And the point that I want to make with that is not to, and look, this isn't to make anybody feel bad, but this is a spiritual principle that we really have to remember. To the measure that we sow into others, we will reap from others. And so if you're in a church or you're in a life group and you're just like, oh, I'm not getting much out of it anymore, I would dare to boldly ask you, What are you putting into it? I have many people that that say this, and I just want to ask the question, what are you putting into it? Because you will reap what you sow. You will only reap what you sow. If you reap big, you will sow. No, if you sow big, you will reap big. If you sow little, you will reap little. Reminds me of a life group I went to when I was, I want to say like 18. There was this, um, there was this life group for, you know, college age students. And, um, I was going and the word was good. The, the guy that headed it up was a solid man of God. And, and I enjoyed the people there, but there was a problem. And the problem was there was no food. I was hungry. I was living on my own. I didn't have a lot of money. And when I went to somebody's house, Mama, you know, we eat. You invite somebody to your house, you eat. And they didn't serve food. So guess what? I didn't go. I stopped going because I wanted food. Now, if I'd have thought with this principle, guess what I'd have did? I'd have brought some food. I'd have been spent $3 on some cookies, could have baked some cookies and brought it to the life group. And then you know what would have happened? I'd have motivated others and they'd have been like, oh, I'm going to bring chips and dip next week. Like, I know that's what it would have happened, but it didn't because I wasn't willing to sow into that. But i will just saying a small, funny little, you know, example. Okay. Um, another thing that I've heard when, when I'm talking about neglecting meeting, you know, do not neglect meeting together is there are times that I have heard many, 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 many times that I have no one to turn to. And some of you may have said that, but you may have been in that where you're like, I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't have anybody to turn to. There's, there's just nobody. And a lot of times it's because we've neglected meeting together. Now I will give you this. Sometimes we were meeting together. And someone hurt us deeply. So I don't want to like pass over that and act like that doesn't happen. If it does, you talk to your life group leader or if they're the one that hurts you, then you maybe come meet with a pastor. Cause we, you know, we honestly, we want everyone to be able to receive, to motivate, to feel the love from each other. This is the point of life groups. So I do want to acknowledge that because I know that has happened. In fact, I will confess when I was in high school, I was responsible of, um, bad-mouthing another friend a good friend of mine she said one thing somebody else said the other I chose to believe the other person and she still does not go to church till this day there was a group of us who chose to not believe her and we hurt her very badly and I know that and I pray for her all the time because I know that I was part of her pain it happens but don't let that stop you don't let one person or a group of people's um what they say or even what they think. Don't let that stop you. Get back in or find another group. I mean, there are plenty. If you walk out in the, in the lobby, you'll see the kiosk with all the groups. There is a place for you. Do not, let's not neglect meeting together as some have. Because really, isolation is a place where the enemy can play and toy and deceive and twist. And it usually turns out it usually turns out pretty bad. Okay, I'm done with that point. Thank the Lord. Now it's <laughs> we're gonna lift it back up. Okay. Um the the fourth point that I wanna make tonight, and then I will be finished, then we can go get our kids and eat some chili. Um the fourth 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 point is in verse twenty-five, and it says, but encourage one another. Very simple. Encourage one another. You know, not only do we need to be surrounded and supported when we are on the mat because a lot of times life knocks us down and we feel like we are that paralyzed man on the mat and we need people around us to gather and help us hope, help us, uh, motivate us. But we also need people to celebrate with us, to encourage us in the good things we do. When we hit a home run in life, we need to be. We need to have a group of people or a handful of people that's going to say, "Good job! I'm so happy for you." Way, way to go! You know, I was thinking about whenever we go to a baseball game. If somebody hits a home run, people don't just look the other way. No, if the team doesn't run out on the field to cheer when that person gets back in the dugout, they're all high five, screaming. People in the stands are cheering them on. We need people. That are going to cheer with us in the home runs of life. I remember there was a time I hit a home run in life and I was excited. So I made a phone call to tell somebody that I hit that home run. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Like it really wasn't a big deal. So I was like, okay, gotta go. Okay. I know who else I'm calling. I'm, I'm going to, somebody's going to celebrate this home run with me today. I'm telling you, I will not stop making phone calls till someone celebrates this. Cause I need to, I need to celebrate this. And so we all do, we all do. We all need someone to celebrate the home runs of life with us. So how do we get the most out of our life group, out of our community? I'm going to recap real quick. Hold tight. Hold tight to the hope we have. Motivate each other. Meet up, which is do not neglect the meeting, and encourage one another. Uh, I'm going to close with this quote that I read, and I want you to think about this because when I first read it, I, it made me think. And the quote is, we become, we become the combined five people we hang around the most. Now, the first question I asked was, does your kids count? Because at the time I was homeschooling them and really I hung out with them the most. But if we're going to be serious about this, I'm going to say it again. Let's think about this. We become the combined five people we hang around the most. So you know what? If you mostly hang around critical people, people that criticize others, people that make fun of others, people that are always talking about the wrong in others, the wrong in someone's ministry, the wrong in someone's family, but that, that's that's criticalness, you will become that. If you are always around people that are full of joy, guess what? You're going to become more joyful. That's just how it happens. It's a biblical principle. It's so true. If you hang around someone that's full of the word and like every, when they talk or when they preach or when they share, they're just talking and they they just know the Bible. They're like, I want to know the Bible a little bit more too. That's pretty cool. You know, it it applies to everything. So take think about the five people you hang around with uh, the most. And guess what? you students, as a student, you can't control the people that are in your class. That's who you spend the most time with. Ladies, you can't control, you can't always control the people that you work with. But when you get out of the doors of that school, that college, that university, you walk out of the doors of your work, you get to choose who you're going to spend your time with. Choose wisely. It is very, very important. And so on that note, we are done. And I just realized I hadn't prayed for y'all yet, so I'm going to pray for y'all. And then I'm going to give y'all the instructions on what we need to do next. But, Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you for this night where you have called us all in this building tonight, Father. Lord, I believe that each one of us are here, Father God, on purpose, God. God, you've created each one of us on purpose for a purpose, God. And, Lord, I just pray, Father God, that we would desire to hang around people who encourage us to be closer to you, God. Lord, I pray that we would look through the people that we spend time with and that we would choose wisely, Father God. I pray that if we would need to make changes, Father God, whether it's joining a life group, Father God, reading our word more, Father God, or maybe separating from a couple of people, Father God. Lord, I pray that you give us the wisdom and the strength, Father God, to do that. Lord, we love you. You are so good to us. We give you this night, Lord. We give you this food. We that you bless it. Lord, bless the hands that prepared this food, Father God. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.